Check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to a Wednesday edition of the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Happy July 4th. We normally do these on Thursdays, of course, but tomorrow's a holiday and, and tits demanded. Nay, insisted on doing it today. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper, Maxis at 100%. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let's talk some Red Bud. Let's talk some Southwick. Let's talk MXGP if you want. We got one more weekend to go before a weekend off, and the riders and teams, I am sure, are looking ahead to this because it has been a brutal two weeks at WW Ranch and Southwick, man. It's been absolutely uh, a full physical test for those guys. Thanks for listening. Again, we're going to have Paul Parabinos and Jason Thomas on the show, and we're going to have your phone calls. We've got some lines open still, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. We're giving away a Fly Racing Kinetic Mesh Rockstar Dish Gear uh, for someone who calls in, man, just a lucky winner. A lucky caller, I should say, will get a chance to win, or will win, this Rockstar Kinetic Mesh Rockstar stuff. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into the into the particulars with Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Zach Osborne, Blake Baggett, Ben LeMay, lots of guys wearing Fly Racing each and every weekend. They've got watercraft stuff. They've got jet ski stuff. They've got uh, mountain bike stuff, hard parts, gear lines, really big things from those guys. A Formula Helmet. Is, uh, is out, and it is killing it, crushing it. It's a high-end helmet from these guys at Fly Racing. They've spent years developing it, and they've tried to make the absolute best helmet they, they can. It's quiet, it's light, it's safe, and uh, yeah, man, you can goes with any kind of gear either. So you can also use the, uh, the, the Fly Racing Formula helmet with any type of gear. Chris Kiefer, just want you to know that. Get, get Aaron Plessinger back this weekend using Get, uh, Get data loggers as well as used by a lot of teams in the pits. The, the Get ECUs are used by Monster Energy Yamaha. A lot of teams in Europe. Get has simply dominated over in Europe in the MXGP slash MX2 class with championships and wins. Thanks to the folks at Get. They've got a lot of cool stuff, including wireless hour meters. And an SOS uh, system as well that Dan Truman talked about on this show a couple of weeks ago. So please check them out. ProTaper, ProTaper.com, Micro Line of Bar. Uh, the KJSC uses them, and they do a great job with the with that line. So if you have a little one, he's got little hands. Look at the Micro Line, man. Seriously, it works really good. Um, and as well, 7 eighths Bar, Crossbarless Bars, Oversized Bar. The Fusion Bar, which you can change the tension from the crossbar, either on or off, with a little dial. Really neat idea from the folks at ProTaper. Rockstar Husky Worldwide, Geico Honda, JGR, all using Pro Taper products. We'll get Parabinos on here shortly. Maxxis Tires, MX, uh, Maxxis Tires, MXST Tire, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath, used by AJ Cantanzaro out there in Supercross. Mountain bike tires are phenomenal. Minions, check out the Minion mountain bike line. 
Mountain Bike Tire Line at Maxxis.com. And MXSTs, if you're in the, in the line for a high-end tire, the MXST is uh, uh, their answer for that. Maybe you've gone looked over Maxxis in the past. Well, go to your dealer, go online to your favorite online retailer, check out MXSTs. And 100%, they're crafted, their goggles are crafted from the finest materials to provide races with the highest level of functionality and accurate vision. The Armega is out now. It offers unparalleled dominance for the modern racer. Bring an ultra HD lens clarity to motocross experience definition never before viewed through the lens of a goggle. Experience the Armega now at www.armega.com. Uh, also, the best part of this whole thing is ride100percent.com is the website and use the code MOTO60 at checkout to save 25% on casual apparel and accessories. So, MOTO60 code at ride100percent.com and you can save on casual apparel and accessories. Uh, looking forward to uh, getting Parabinos here on the uh, on the line. Let's get uh, let's talk to our producer first. Tits. Yo. You insisted on a Wednesday show, and here we are. I appreciate you bowing to my demands. Yeah, absolutely. Folding to my demands. Yeah, absolutely. It was a tough negotiations. But here we are, Moto 60 show. We don't have many calls on hold, and I blame you because it's a Wednesday. So, um, oh, well. but, you know, what, what are you going to do? All that matters is that the talent so, is happy. So you think the wrap-up show is not going to last much longer. <laughs> you think I'm going to can it. That, that's, that's where you're at. Um, Dark side called I, in. I, I never know what you are going to do, but... Uh, me being an average listener, even though I'm involved somewhat, I listen to things and I can't make it through those things, man. I try every week. You got good guests and everything like that, and it just you just can't do it. It doesn't work for me. Well, I don't know, man. My two cents is all. Yeah. Well, no, thank you. We appreciate that. Sorry, dark side, but it's just the way it is. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. We're gonna get Paul Parabinos on the line, and uh, Jason Thomas will be on uh, in a bit. We are gonna hear from uh, JT in terms of the weather at Redbud. So. This weekend, round seven of the Luke Soil Pro Motocross Championships. AC's won five out of the six rounds. Tomac, Roxon, and Marv have two wins each. Overalls in the 450. Of course, Eli has the points lead. Ferrandis won his moto uh, for a second week in a row. Ferrandis won a moto. So Dylan Ferrandis is probably heating up a little bit. So yeah, things are, things are getting a little interesting in the class. So let's get to Brandon first. Brandon, welcome to the Fly Moto 60 Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Steve, what's up, man? How are you? Good. Um, so first off, I was wondering, uh, we're always bagging on Eli for riding crappy when he's not feeling that great. I was wondering if you thought that that might extend his career longer than other guys like Roxon, who tend to cartwheel more often and more catastrophically, mm. or if you think he'll still, after a few years, a few more good years of getting paid, just dip out while he's ahead. Here's the thing, like with the RV guys and, 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 and the RV and Dungey who went through the Baker's factory, both stated like, hey, I don't want to do this work anymore. Like it's just so yeah. much work. I got millions in the bank. Like I'm good, right? Um, yep. We don't know what Eli Tomac does. I assume he works his balls off, right? His, his dad, yeah. John, knows what doing. They're in Colorado. I don't know, though. I don't know if – that's what's going to get Eli to hang it up is the workload and the bank balance, right? He's going to look at the workload, look at the bank balance, and be like, I'm good. Um, he did re-sign with Cowie, I believe, for another two years. That might be it for him. He might, he might check out. He might be like the rest of the guys. We don't know because we don't know the work involved that he does. We think it's a ton, but he never really talks about it, right? Whereas yeah, we, know. we know the Baker Factory guys, um, they've cited burnout because for the reasons to hang it up. Um, now the thing with Eli is I don't think the rides in the motos are going to prolong them, you know, um, 
this be, I, I just don't think that, that that's it. I think I think it's either going to be the workload and the bank balance, and that's it. Never mind the uh, the non-crashing. I mean, for sure, you know, we've heard from John that Eli doesn't want to push it if he's not comfortable with the bike, and because he's had shoulder injuries, he's had some gnarly crashes, right? Uh, Supercross and Lakewood and all that over the years. So yeah, yeah uh, I I don't know about that. I, I just think it'll be the workload and not so much the staying staying on two wheels thing. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I see what you mean. All sure. right. Thanks, man. All right. Well, you got time for a uh, story? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So a few years ago, um, before I was listening to the show, I ended up linking up with this guy who was at the time Ryan Surratt's uh, manager when he was still an amateur. Okay. And he told me a story about how one time um, they were shooting a 7MX catalog for James, and uh, he didn't want to shoot the catalog. And so they flew Ryan out really fast and had him ride James's bike and took a bunch of pictures of him and then colored his neck and his wrist black for the catalog. Uh, yeah, I believe that, 100%. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. cool. That's the same. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank yep, you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, from ProTaper, ProTaper.com, it's uh, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? What's up, Steve? Brandon, good. How are you doing? I'm good. Brandon's story of another rider posing as, as a rider posing as another rider for a photo shoot is nothing new. No, that happens a lot. <laughs> happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? So, hey, um, how is ProTaper right now? What's going on, ProTaper? What, what's moving? What are you getting calls about? Obviously, you're excited about your, your starting device coming out soon, but what's what's yeah. what's going on? Yeah, uh, the brand itself, I mean, we're doing really good. We, we've been growing year after year. Uh, I, I, I'm just super proud of the momentum the brand has. Uh, we've been focused on introducing new products, and, and yeah, the start device is the new uh, our latest and greatest thing that all of our focus is on right now, um, but it's pretty far down the line. So we do have some more things in the pipeline, um, planning for a release in February 29. What year is it? 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, and then we all we already have our 2021 uh, product plan, kind of also testing right now as well so um been working with the geico guys and uh husky and all of our teams already kind of working on some of our new products that far down the line so um new products are important that's really what sustains a brand i think it keeps things exciting and um the momentum that we have and all the pulp fans that are that are pro taper fans now it's it's awesome so everything's going really good over here uh absolutely good to hear does seven eights bar they still sell Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sure seven eight bars still move. Like even though OEMs come oversized now, right? So if you crash, you're yeah. you're you're buying a set of oversized. But but there's so many older bikes and, and everything else out there. Yeah, I mean people always redoing bikes, and there's a lot of seven eight clamps out there. You know, all the OEMs who come with fat bars, you know, the oversized bars now, except for a Cowie. Um, but mini bikes all for the most part come with seven eight bars, except for the KTM's and the Huskies. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, we still do very well with SEs, and not just in this country, uh, uh, you know, out out of the country as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Old seven eights bar still kicking, still out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, man. Do you remember? You're, I don't know. You're old, you're younger than I am, but when Pro Taper released the crossbarless bar made by Easton back in the day in the early '90s with Bradshaw, Paul, that blew my mind. It blew my mind. It, it, it blew yeah. everybody's mind. Couldn't believe it. It was definitely a little before me, but I remember having one um, when they really started to gain popularity. Probably, uh, this must have been probably at least for me in Florida. This was probably around ninety six or seven. Oh, I remember having one on, on, on my yeah. CR eighty. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you're showing your age a bit there. Like I, I saw photos of Bradshaw 
with this big bulky thing in the center and no crossbar, like from Anaheim. Uh, and I'm like, what? What happened? What is going on? What is that? Yeah, <laughs> so it, was, it was big. You know, from for you know, we have a there's somebody that we kind of um, that we employ that's been around um, from the beginning, and he helps me a lot with product development. Um, and uh, he was the originator with, and he, he's told me all the stories. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. From, yeah. From how that happened? He was there at that test session at Glen Helen with with Bradshaw, and he's educated me on all the history yeah. of it and how it started and how everyone was just blown away by it, and they all thought the handlebar was going to break. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, For but sure, yeah, right? pretty cool. Right. It, it, it's crazy how far things have come yeah. you know, since then. Twenty think, plus years since then. Yeah. So. Think about sitting on that bike and being like, "How's this going to work?" Bradshaw's like, "This thing's going to. This thing. They're going to stay together. I'm not getting on this thing." Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. And look how things. Look how slow things move. Just now, are we finally? Uh, all the OEMs are finally on board. Yeah. Good point. You got a good point there, right? Yeah. It's taking that long. <laughs> um, all right. Hey, let's get into this. So Southwick, uh, I got a privateer quiz for JT, but I'll ask you. But I already know your answer, so this this isn't going to really work. But okay, so John Short, right? See that? There we go. Like that's it. Like I was, I'm going to ask JT about Lorenzo Lercuccio, Ben Lemay, John Short, Henry Miller, and James Weeks, and like which guy does he like? But you can't even be asked that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think like is you can like a person for a number of different things. If we're talking about like who's who's really opened my eyes riding wise this year. I think Ben LeMay was very impressive in Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he got that Moto Concepts ride. But um, but outdoors, I mean, uh, yeah, I, especially after last weekend's ride, John Short's just showing that, um, you know, a lot, it just being in shape is really important because um, he's not the fastest guy. And I think he'll even tell you that. And you look at his qualifying times, and, he's, and he can barely get to the top 20 when he qualifies a lot of times. But uh, But he's in shape. And he tries hard. I love that guy because he tries so hard. And, and again, this weekend he's flying to the race with no help. So I've again reached out to oh, you one, have? Of our yeah. Rocky, yeah, one of our Tucker Rocky reps in the area to see if we can find him somebody to uh, wash his bike and change the filter in between motos at least and take him to the line. 702-586-PULP. You got a question for Paul Parabinos or myself on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show about Redbud or Southwick. Hey, let's talk 250s with you a little bit. Um, your buddies are Tyler Keefe, right? Um yeah, would would yeah. you, if you're Tyler Keefe, you're losing McElrath, you're losing uh, Jordan Smith, uh, you've got Pierce Brown for next year, you've got Derek Drake, so you've got two spots open. Would you already sign McAdoo? Like, or do you, would you be like, hey, I gotta wait? Like, Mitchell Oldenburg will need something. Uh, Moseman may need something. I don't know. Probably stay there, I would think, but maybe Moseman might be out there. Um, you know, there could be some guys, more guys out there that I'm not thinking of right now, but. Would you would you already tender a deal to McAdoo? Like, has this been good enough? Um, yeah, I think so. But I, I mean, I think in Tyler's situation, you really got to look deep and see who's the best Supercross guy you can get. Because, um, and that might be McAdoo, right? He's right. at least been on the podium. His other guys have not raced Supercross before. Um, and Supercross is important. And and yeah, I feel for Tyler, man, because I know how hard he tries, and I I speak with him weekly. And um, and it's just it's just really hard, you know. He's uh, I think things over there are more complicated than people think they would be looking at from the outside in. Um, they've you know they've struggled I think to make their new bike work as good as they want it to. Um, but they have made a lot of progress, and that progress has happened I would say right around High Point, right when and this is unfortunately kind of when 
you know, their other guys have kind of already made their decision, but they had to pick up McAdoo, and McAdoo put in a great ride at, at High Point um, yeah. on a good bike. So that was cool. But, um, but yeah, I think to answer your question, off the top of my head, I, I think he is probably, yeah, considering McAdoo quite soon. You always you have another spot to think about who you want, but, yeah. um, you know, I think uh, I think he's going to maybe start looking towards some – some younger guys to develop um but uh it's yeah. tough man yeah. it's tough it's just when it rains it pours right I yeah. think that's yeah. what feel. well they got second in the series last year you know they did good in, in, in a bunch of races and they won and everything else and that's the way our sport goes you know wasn't it long ago that bobby hewitt's team when they were rock star suzuki just couldn't get anything done just couldn't get anything done star racing for years was just a shit show They've turned it around. Like, yeah. you know, these things happen. Yeah. Like, it, it goes in cycles, yeah. right? So, For sure. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, I just – I wonder if McAdoo had a great ride at the, at the uh, in Vegas, and he, I think he ended up fifth in the points, which is actually higher than I would have said he was. Um, so, I don't know. I just wonder if, if Tyler Keefe would be like, hey, Cameron, here's, here's a deal. Um, you know, take it right now, uh, two-year deal or whatever, at a lower money, and, and we'll go from there. Um Prado, Prado committed to to MX2 slash MXGP. I was pretty surprised. I'm he can always go back there. What is he? Nineteen? Eighteen? I think he's twenty. I think is he twenty? Okay. Like you can always go back, Jorge, and 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 kill it in, uh, in Europe. I heard he was at the Supercross track last year and doing pretty well. The kid can. He's not a hurling situation. He can ride Supi. I would have really bet my money that KTM would be like, hey, kid, uh, head on to America. If it doesn't work out, go back to MXGP. But, man, Prado just inked up uh, a deal to stay over there. And, and if you're Tyler, that might have been somebody you were counting on. Yeah, um, I think that was maybe in the back of Tyler's mind a couple years ago. But um, things have kind of changed it from what I've heard, at least with Prado. I mean, he's very happy in the situation he's at. He's forged quite a relationship with DeCarly and Claudio and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the DeCarly team, I guess. Um, and uh, and KTM still needs to win uh, globally, right, and win in the MX2 class. And right now they got a guy that is uh, an all-timer, obviously, with Crowley, but he's hurt and he's on his way out, and they have a – maybe the fastest guy on the planet, but that seems to be somewhat inconsistent and injury prone too. So um, they got to cover their bases and, and I think Prado's happy there and uh, it would be a big shock to bring him over here and, and maybe right. they lose some momentum and they, you know, they lose a stranglehold on the MXGP class by letting him come over here and race Supercross. Who knows? Yeah, but, um, but, but, if, so, if, but if Prado wins, he's got to go MXGP. Now you got three guys? I, I believe that's what's going to happen. Yeah. That's because uh, I mean, you you have to think that Prado sews this thing up. I mean, it's never done. No. It's done. He right. can get hurt, but I would say he wins the title. And they, I, yeah, I, I can I see KTM having uh, three three guys and, and probably sweeping the podium a lot next year. Yeah, really, right? Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I I would have picked Prado to come over and dip his hand in Soupy, but yeah, he's in. Um, all right, uh, RJ Hampshire, Geico Honda rider. Uh, I don't. I like RJ. I don't know if he's necessarily the biggest fan of me because of things I've written and said about him. Uh, but I do like him. He's a good dude. Um, I just think that after all these years of a factory bike, you should have more than one national win and really not that many podiums if you look at it. Um, I, I, four to five podiums maybe um, after four years at Geico, three and a half years at Geico. So there's been injuries in there, obviously. The kid tries hard. He's in shape. I think he's a good dude that way. I just think that the team should expect more from that many years because as you get older and as you get more physically mature and mentally mature, in that class we've seen 
that benefit people. Um, will he do any better on the Rockstar Husky next year? Is I guess where I'm leading. Yeah, um, I mean, I I, I kind of think he will because I, he's been there for a long time, his whole entire pro career, and his last couple years amateur. So he doesn't know anything different, and and I almost think he just needs a chain of chain of change of scenery yeah, and yep. and some kind of new hope, you know. So. He knows the team so well. He knows his equipment so well, and and yeah, he he you would think he could be, you know, logging some better results than he is. But as you said, he did have a lot of um, injuries, and I think his his Supercross learning curve and just learning pro racing um, was just a bit slower. Mm-hmm. But he's always been a late bloomer, right? I mean, this is a guy that um, played baseball for most of his life, and and. Showed up kind of on the scene really late as far as an amateur. He won Monster Cup and got himself on the radar, and then he swept Loretta's his last year there and won the Horizon Award. And um, so I think he's a bit of a late bloomer, but I do think that it'll be a positive move going to Husky. I think um, I think the bike will suit him. He he really screams the, the rings the neck off that Honda, and I think the Husky likes to be ridden like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it'll be a, a just, honestly just a change of the scenery and re motivation. I think will be invigorating for him and and hopefully. He can go from, you know, I almost look at it kind of like when Metcalf went from Geico to PC, or I'm sorry, from PC to Geico. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a lateral move, right? They're both yep. they're yep. both very very good teams, but maybe just a change of change of scenery and staff and people around him uh, will will spark what he needs to become a winner. It kind of worked for Metcalf. He didn't win a championship, but it, I feel like he was better in the Geico bike. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. yeah hard to say. Have to go back and look. Honestly, right. I, I don't really know of anybody that left Pro Circuit and has done better. Yeah. I, I cannot think of an example. Um, um, yeah. uh, okay, uh, if you had to pick a guy tomorrow to sign for your team, Parabinos Racing, using Pro Taper products, of course, Hart Raft or Hayes? Um, I, I think it would be Hart Raft. Uh, Hayes has, has more supercross potential, but I think Hart Raft can learn it. He's been pretty solid uh, as far as injury-free. Um, the thing that hurt him the most is he's just a bad starter, it seems, or he has no confidence on the start. But maybe that's what a good team and good equipment and and um, a team can get you to, right? That maybe they can uh, get him better starts. Um, I believe he's a lot younger than Hayes, so that's another reason. Um, and he just hasn't—he hasn't had a chance. Hayes really hasn't either. No. Nope. Um, but yeah, I just think younger, uh, very very fit. Um, from what I hear, he is a—you can throw whatever you you want at him work-wise, and he just puts his head down and works. And I, he sounds like he'd be a joy to have on a team, and he'd work hard for you. So um, I'd probably go hard raft. Uh, let's get to the phone calls here. We have uh, Dominic on uh, four. Dom, what's up, man? How are you? How's it going? What's happening? What's your question? Two qu- oh, I got two not so much questions. Okay. Kate, I listened to your Cade Clayson podcast today. Yep. And we all agree that uh, FIM and, and WADA is just a disaster. Did they tell him he can't talk bad about them at all? Because Dude, I, I know, right? It was horrible. Listen, I wanted to say one thing bad, not just one. Dude. And it was everything, every time you set him up, he would say, well, you know, it's my fault. Or, I know. I did this. I, I, I'm did with they, you. They make him sign something? Jeez. I, I don't know. I, I uh, Off the record, he never told me anything. He never mentioned anything like, hey, I can't talk. He never said anything. I, I, he's just moving on, I guess. I guess he's classier than I am, Dom. I don't know, but... <laughs> But yeah, he he just refused to go there. He just kept saying how it was his fault and this and that, and 
You know, they and move I, things along. Yeah. I, I would, Dude, I'm like, geez. I think he's and just other, so. I think he's just so happy after two years that he gets to race. That now he's just looking looking forward. I don't know. I guess the other thing is, and uh, after hearing Titch talk about Dark Side, so he stirred me up. Is he on probation for this show, or when are you going to clip it? It's horrible. You think it's horrible? Okay. Uh, All right. I can't. We'll, we'll... I, can't I, I start listening to it, and it just. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't intrigue me. It just. It's dead, you know. And All right. It's just, All right. Okay. And I want the content. I want more content, but I just yeah. start listening. I gave it a few tries. Right. And it, and he he strikes me as odd in the sense that he has his own podcast, but then he calls into every podcast you have, and then says, well, "What do you think Tomac's going to do this week?" Or what do you think? Like you don't call DMXS or those and say, "Hey, uh, right. how do you think Short's going to do?" It's just. Go your. He's got to build his own show, right? And okay. All right. Not start trying to kind of hang off your balls. Well, to be, be fair, to be fair, I you know I approached him with the wrap up show idea. You know, it wasn't him. Yeah. It wasn't him coming to me. I, I I wanted to provide some value to some sponsors and say, hey, what about doing this wrap up thing? You know. Um. So. What's What's your feedback then? Then. Uh, yeah, I got as some far issues. As half I, and half. Yeah, I got some. I like some of it. I like. I don't like some of it. You know, I yelled at him on the air on Monday night. Um. So yeah, I, 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 I there's some things that change, but you know he's trying, he's working hard. We got to give it more time, you know, Dom. We, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll give it some yeah. more time. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Fly racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Get Pro Taper Maxis and the folks at One Hundred Percent. We got Zach on one. Zach, what's up, man? How are you? You got some issues with a nineteen YZ two fifty? Yes, sir. Hoping to get your expert mechanic opinion. Well, Paul, Paul actually won a national championship. So. Yeah, but that's like I'm an expert when it comes to KX250F. Why is he 250? This is this is your territory. Good point. I did take two riders to top privateers and Supercross on YZ250s. Good point, Paul. <laughs> All right, what's up, Zach? So basically, every time I ride my bike, when I go and wash it, um, after I'm finished washing it, I can hear my fuel pump kick on, and I could see like the light for the uh, the mapping light for Map Two light comes on. Huh. I've tried to check all the the wiring boots to see if anything's holding water, if there's any shorts anywhere. I can't seem to find it. Um, I was wondering if y'all heard anything or knew anything we could do. There was an issue. There was an issue with YZ. First of all, you said YZ250 or Tits put YZ250. This is a four-stroke question. But but anyways, um, <laughs> there's an issue with Yamahas and washing them and not starting. Um, the wire harness collecting water and not starting. Um, I don't know if the 19s fixed it or not. I've never had it myself, but I know people have had it, multiple people, but it just won't start. It doesn't have a mapping issue or anything else. But um, So, no, I, I don't really know. Paul, any ideas outside of checking? I would just say check the wire I, harness and, and do all that. You know? Yeah, it's a tough one because I've, I've actually had the same exact symptom happen with one of my bikes, and I've tried to diagnose it every which way. Like I started isolating things to figure out what it was, and it ended up being a short in the main harness. Um, which is the worst thing you want because you go through every piece of the electrical system to figure out what it is and you never find anything and and yeah it was an issue so I had the same thing um, uh, it's oh. not an easy problem to fix and it's not an easy one to diagnose so I I, yeah. I feel for you there but um, I would, yeah it could just be there's so many elect you know so many wires on these things these days one little thing could be shorted or or contacting something else and it could lead to an issue like that yeah Zach I would try like uh, washing it and letting it sit. See and then see what happens when you start it. You know, let it try. I would try. Yeah, usually, I'll just disconnect the battery whenever oh. it, if it clicks on like that. I'll just disconnect the negative. 
Oh, okay. I let it dry. Right, right. Uh, and, and that seems to work? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I said I'll let it sit overnight or for a day, and then when I plug it back up, it it seems to be fine. Mm, okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I, Go ahead, Paul. I would take everything. I would take everything apart, blow everything out with some air, let it dry, fill all the connectors with dielectric grease. If you don't have that, SC1 is is similar. It has a similar like uh, makeup. You know, I've used that in the past, um, and uh, hopefully that can help you. But um, I'm fearful it might be something. Yeah. Yeah. Like the main harness. Yeah. If you if you if you take everything apart, like Paul said, disconnect everything. Dry it out. Put SC1 in there to kind of ward off or, or dialectic grease, like Paul said. Now you have everything sort of gone through and looked at and protected with dialectic grease or SC1. Now see if it does it again. You know? Okay. Yeah. All right, man? And, or take it to a dealership and let them plug into it and see if it fires a code that they can point it to something. Yeah, true. That's true. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Is there Zach. any chance I can uh, get some gear? Yeah, sure, Zach. Why not? Let's let's give you the Fly Racing Kinetic Mesh Rockstar gear. It's that easy, folks. It's that easy. I'm not usually I do wow. usually like the people asking for it, but we'll do it, Zach. No problem. I feel sorry Thanks, for you man. and your electrical problem because you're you're probably screwed. You're probably just never gonna find, <laughs> you're probably never gonna find the problem with this. So we'll give you this gear. All right, man. Stay on hold. All right, bud. Thanks. All right, thank you, uh, Paul. Uh, Zach, uh, Hunter Lawrence. I was gonna say Zach. Hunter Lawrence. Um, I wrote and I talked about after High Point that I thought this kid just needed a couple rounds to get things sorted, and his uh, GP experience, his years of experience, his, his his speed that we've seen would now be uh, evident every weekend, and, and I don't know if he would win more or whatever, but I said he would challenge for podiums all the time. Kind of, I've kind of been off. I've kind of been wrong on that. Um, and I still think the kid will figure it out. I don't think this is a bust at all. I'm not going anywhere near that. Don't get me wrong. But I have been kind of waiting for him to be like more than the top five slash challenge for podiums you yeah yeah man I, I remember you saying that and um and yeah just uh he hasn't caught fire it's just I, I guess it's you know it's very tough learning all these tracks and having to learn them so quick um the pace is quick uh i i don't have much of an excuse i really i i did think going into high point that would be a good track for him um i think unadilla will be a good track for him uh, uh for instance but um, I don't have any, it's hard to give an opinion on it. I would think he, sh, you know, I think he should be doing better. Um, I trying to remember Ferrandez's first year. Um, but I think it was a little better than how Hunter's is going. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't think, I don't even think he has an excuse. Uh, admittedly, I, I, I've seen on his social media, yeah. I think he's a yeah. bit, um, upset and embarrassed with himself a little bit. So, um. uh, Okay, so yeah. any worries about you? Him? I just said he was going to come around. Any worries on your end? I, I, I mean, he'll, he'll he'll figure this out, right? Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I think the biggest key to him, for him is get through the whole season, then get through Supercross healthy, and I think next year outdoors he'll be very, very competitive um, for wins for the title. Uh, there's just you know, there's a learning curve for sure. So I think the biggest thing is to stay healthy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Kind of boring, but yeah. No, I know. I, I just. You know, he got he crashed twice in soup, getting ready for Supercross. He came on our show before Supercross and talked about like this shit ain't easy. You know what I mean? Um, so I just wonder, I wonder if he'll get good at Supercross. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I just wonder. Yeah, uh, hard to say, man. I I do think he'll. I don't think he'll be um, super competitive in Supercross next year. I guess like not for wins, but. Um, if he can learn and get through it, stay healthy, and then I think he can be competitive for wins outdoors. But it's hard to say, man. Um, yeah, these guys just never 
grow up riding supercross at all. But but uh, he's a talented kid. And he's got a good family. His brother's really really good too. I'm excited to see when I've his brother. I've heard comes his up. brother is faster than he was at that age or something. I don't. Who knows? Uh, the amateur stuff disgusts me as we know. But I've heard the brother is is way legit. His brother is very legit. I yeah. mean, he's been winning at every amateur national he's been going to recently. I've I did some testing with him, and the guy is a. Uh, or the kid, I should say, is extremely intelligent for being so young as far mm-hmm. as testing is concerned. He was yep. able to, to basically diagnose the stuff that we, you know, that we had lab data on exactly. So okay. he's impressive, I think, for sure. Oh, cool. Should I ask Red Dog what he thinks? Cause that's my amateur stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, James Weeks over trains. <laughs> James Weeks over trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, all right, man. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on, Paul. Appreciate it. Protaper.com. Uh, go there. Uh, call BTO. You can get a little bit of a deal on it as well. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And we're doing a Pulp Mex Fantasy podcast later this afternoon, so I look forward to you uh, telling us all about how those picks went. So, Killer. All right. See you, Steve. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's Paul Parabinos on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Flyracing.com. Please go there. Uh, check it out. The 2020 gear will be out soon. Well, Shugel time, you'll see the guys in it, so that'll be exciting for the folks at Fly Racing. And if you're a fly guy, check out the Kinetic Mesh stuff. It's July. It's hot as balls in most parts of the country. Kinetic Mesh is absolutely amazing. Uh, I've got a set of it myself, and, man, there's just it ventilates like no other. Love it. And uh, so please check them out, flyracing.com. Folks at Get, Maxis, 100%, and ProTaper, all on board with us, ride100percent.com. Use the code MOTO60 at checkout to save 25% on casual apparel and accessories. They won all three Supercross titles this year, folks, with Webb, Ferrandis, and Sexton. So that's a big deal for those folks at 100%. And get Git, of course, get uh, get ECUs, two-stroke and four-strokes. So last time we talked to Truman, he talked about those two-stroke ECUs and how good they're, they're doing. So two-stroke ECUs, they're back. And uh, uh, Maxis Tires, MXST, of course. Uh, 702-586-7857 on the Wednesday edition of the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. We've got some lines open still. Let's move on to our next guest of the night, evening, afternoon. Uh, flyracing.com, Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? How are you? Not too much. What's happening? You ready to not uh, celebrate America's birthday tomorrow? Uh, no, I will. I will celebrate. I had the, the Canadian one. Um, you know, I'm going for my citizenship. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, everything's approved. I'm just waiting. Uh, I should be about another seven months or so, and then I'll go in for the, uh, the test where I have to um, study the thing about the uh, Declaration of Independence and shit. Oh, you got to do that, huh? Yeah. Right. yeah. I heard it's pretty hard. I don't know. Yeah, I, I hope I hope it's not. I haven't studied anything, but I will when I get the notice. So, um, okay. So, and then I'll be a dual citizen. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's hard. I don't think most Americans would pass that. No, I'm, I, I'm I agree. One hundred percent positive. Most Americans <laughs> right, would pass right, that. exactly. All right. Can we get a weather report for Redbud this this Saturday? Redbud coming up. Is it is it going to be another brutal one for these guys? I don't think so. Um, I'm looking at highs being around 80, 81 maybe. Uh, so that's not too bad. You know, it could be humid, but uh, 50% chance of rain in the afternoon. So other than that, I think we're pretty safe. You just maybe that passing shower, but otherwise should be good. Red butts changed so much over the years, huh? Like it is. I, 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 I've heard that designation start is going to stay the same or going to be used yes, for this. Yes, I confirmed that this okay, morning. Okay, you confirmed it. So designation yep. start will be used, which sucks. Balls, by the way. Um, I wonder how much sand will be on it. I wonder how. I wonder if it will be like designations. Well, according to that, according to Tim Ritchie, they didn't add any sand. Dude, well, around I the starting incredibly hard. No, to they did around the starting area. All that was added. Well, I'm yep. saying like, but all the rest of the track, 
they claim they didn't add any. I so, know, dude. I know. Short of calling him a liar, I don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it because it seemed awful sandy. But yeah. why would he lie about it? Like, yeah. Why? Yeah, I have no idea. Why, what possible reason would he have to boldface lie? So you, I just take it at face value as they didn't, and maybe just all that rain softened it up, you know, and made it just soft and and mushy. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about how much a track can change over the years, uh, Redbud and Hangtown would probably be the ones that I would say have undergone the most transformation of any tracks I've ever been to. Yeah. You know, going back and I know you were there, but like 96, 97, you know, my first year was 97, but I watched 96 like a million times to try to learn it before I went and it was hard pack. I mean, it was a legitimately hard packed, you know, it would be ruddy because it would be so damn muddy in the morning. Right, right. And then the second motos would be water-filled ruts from them watering the track, but they were rock hard. Yep. And uh, the places they didn't water enough were dusty. So it's it's a completely different racetrack, even if it's the same layout in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. It's a completely different kind of racetrack and a different approach to racing than it was, you know, 20 years ago. Will this be – is Redbud as tough as as Southwick? I, uh, is, it, is, is it on the same level as Southwick or – or with the weather and red, I mean, and the track itself. Now you haven't raced there for a few years, but you did race a ton. Is this going to be a tough one for the guys, or weather and slash track will make it easier? I think it'll be fine. Uh, no, I don't think. I think it'll be just your average outdoor national difficulty level. Right. Um, okay. You know, the, the track is not brutal. It gets rough, no doubt. But it's actually a track that's pretty fun to ride too. So there's always that little extra boost of guys are are happy to ride this track because it's pretty fun. But you figure if the high for the day is 80, you're probably not going to see 80 until 3 o'clock, you know. So the first motos would be pretty pretty uh, mild. And I don't think these guys are going to suffer anything like what we saw last week. Because remember, last week we were up around 89. Uh, so it was, it was really hot when the sun was out. Um, so even factor in humidity, which was pretty humid last week, I think it will be a much easier day for these guys than the last two weekends. You went to, uh, to Southwick uh, for the first time in years, and you liked it. You thought it was pretty good. You I did. Yeah. I, I don't think it's the best national of the year. Uh, I'll stop short of saying that, but I, I really thought they did a great job from what I remembered in years past of the overall presentation and the professionalism. I thought those guys should they should get a ton of credit for what they've done with that place. Yeah, Keith Johnson texted me on Saturday and said, uh, I was I did the Racer X review show, the, the video show with Wygant, and I said, you know, do you think Treadwell and, and – KJ and Dowdy care that it was rough, and I said, hell no. And then he texted me and said, you're right. I, we, we loved it. We love it that rough. I'm like, yep, figures. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, that's, that's historical Southwick, right? I right. mean, that's what – those guys thrive on being the toughest race of the year, in my opinion. Yeah. I think they would absolutely welcome that distinction. Right. Um, okay, let's talk 450s a little bit. We, did, we talked 250s with Paul, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Marv's won two in a row. Osborne just won his first career moto. Is Eli in any danger here? Is he just the guy still? I don't think so. But, you know, a 25-point lead when you're still capable and most would consider you the fastest guy overall, that's a pretty strong stance to have when you have those two things in your pocket, a moto lead and the distinction of being the best guy. That's tough. But uh, if he does put together a few of those first first moto at Florida type rides where he gives up, you know, if Marv wins or even, I think you have to put Zacco in that talk now too, for him to go out and get seventh, you're giving up 11 points in one moto. So if he goes out and puts in some of those weirdo rides where he just can't get it together, uh, that lead could evaporate very quickly. 
but his ability to go out and put in one one rides seems like it erases those pretty often mm-hmm. um so while we're only halfway i think you have to give the nod to him saying this is his title to lose for for many reasons but you're always just wondering is he going to have one of those weird days where he he's capable of giving up 15 points for seemingly no reason he doesn't have to have a dnf or a crash or anything he could just have an off day and give up 15 points and everybody just kind of shrugs their shoulders I've been waiting for Osborne to separate himself really from the start. I'm just, I'm, you know, I just think he's going to really shine here. And, and it hasn't happened. Anderson's got up in there. Marv is obviously won two in a row now. Is this, after the Moto win, is this what Osborne needs to really, really kind of take it to the next level? I think so. You know, part of it's been confidence. I think with him, you know, he's moving up into a class where he, you know, he was the young, well, I'm going to say young. Uh, yeah. He was the 250 guy. <laughs> right. He was the 250 guy moving into the 450 class, and there was an expected learning curve there. Uh, but I got the feeling in the off season that he felt like he could go with – before he got hurt, he could ride with these guys, and he didn't have any reason to fear them. And I don't think it's until now that he's really gotten back to that point uh, where he's like, yeah, I should, be, I should be beating these guys or at least right there with them. So, yeah, I think it, it's a pretty big tipping point mentally. And just in our, you know, rando conversations we had with him even this week, he just felt a little different as far as how he was approaching this thing. So who knows where he goes with that? You know, he could go out and go 3-4 this weekend and, and you know, eh, it's tough, you know. Like, these guys yeah. are really good too. Or he could go out and win another moto again, and it would not surprise me, even in the least bit, just kind of seeing where he is mentally. I really feel like he thinks he can win these – yeah. More times than not. Yeah, I, I believe you, man. And and, and I don't know about Roxon. Um Roxon was Roxon and Eli were better to start the year than everybody else and they were they were dominant guys and and now I I, I don't predict good things for Kenny. Uh, he's just gotta I don't be smoked. Either. Yeah, he's I gotta don't. be smoked. Even though it's eighty degrees and all that, I, I don't I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's physical and mental, right? You know, right. like two weekends in a row where his body was just like no moss. Like yeah. that can't leave you in a, a very strong mental state going into the motos because I think in the first few races he was like, okay, let's go win. Like, let's go do this thing. I don't know that he's going in with that same thought now because he's like, okay, at some point during this moto, my body's going to quit on me. So how does that affect your approach to the whole race? You know, it's got to have some sort of negative effect on, on his overall game. Is, is Freddie a fifth-place guy? Is he just going to be fifth-place guy now? Man, it's hard to say he's not. He's looked so good the last two weekends. Um, I think it'll depend on some of how how much does Savachi improve, does Blake's you know health and and overall you know status get better? Uh, because I think some of those like if Blake's healthy, he's better than Freddie. Uh, if Savachi's firing on all cylinders, he's better than Freddie. But these guys are not. They don't have the whole thing together right now if they don't have the whole package regardless of what it is they're missing something uh, so if freddie can stay with it i think he can be by default you know right. he's just he's got a little bit more of the the whole deal together than they do seemingly yeah when you figure out blake baggett let me know let all yeah, of us nothing. know i have nothing yeah. i mean he was shaking his head basically saying like ah, it's not going to be a very good day and this was this was during practice last weekend <laughs> right so something yeah. is not perfect there right. and I, I don't think he's necessarily hurt and I've seen I've seen him weekends where he's hurt, and I didn't really get that feeling. It just doesn't seem like he's he's everything's firing, so, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know, man. It's it's very very strange, but uh, but then who knows? Maybe this weekend he he gets to start and he 
takes off. I mean, last year he was taken off and he cartwheeled. It was early, but yep. then he cartwheeled, you know, so. Yeah, I think that, that crash at Paula where he hurt his thumb, mm-hmm. uh, I think it set him back quite a bit as far as riding the way he wants to, being aggressive right. as he wants to. Um, I think he has good days and bad days, you know, like just with how it feels and how he feels. And to win consistently, you can't really have good days and bad days. Even on your bad days, you've got to be pretty good, right? And I just don't think he's there right now. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. Fly Race and Moto 60 show. First up is Marshall. Marshall, what's happening? You want to talk about 450s? Yeah, just a little bit of silly season talk. Uh, Who do you think is going to get left by the wayside in the 450 class in 2020 and have to, like, go either privateer route or uh, a lower-tier team like Sealy, Hill, or, you know, Vogel, those guys? I cannot see anybody picking up Justin Hill. Um, uh, JT, you? Yeah, I think there's going to be, like, a 14-rider Moto Concepts team. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, everybody's going to go there. Um, Well... I think Sealy, like I don't hear his name out there at all, and I've talked to some people close to Cole that think he might just hang it up. Right, so, right. So, so he, you know, he he might just hang it up because um, I don't hear any buzz about him at all. And if I was, you would hear buzz with him with with going to JGR. That's what you would hear yeah. because th- they got two spots at, or at least one. So right, and then you got like Bogle and Bloss and Dino. Dino looks like he's probably gonna settle in with Husky. Yeah, Dino pretty much. I don't know if you listened to Monday's show, but Dino yeah, yeah. pretty much made it sound like, hey, he just has to sign the deal, so he'll stay there. Um, right on. And JT, you think there might be three guys, but they might keep Bogle and Bloss. I think it's possible. Yeah. And I I haven't ruled out Dino going to Honda. I think that spot's still up for grabs. So. I mean, if Dino goes out and looks really good in these next couple weeks, couldn't you see Honda making a play for him? Uh, not the way Dino was talking on Monday night. Yeah, and, and I don't know that either. I, right. I haven't even listened to what he said, but, right. yeah, maybe maybe not. I know in, that was in play at one point, so maybe that's that's changed a bit. So, for, for us, Justin Hill will be on the outside looking in, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see about Weston, what Weston wants to do. Hard to see him. Hard to see him. Um, Continuing his career, if you ask me, in my honest opinion. I agree, but, I agree with that. So, all right. Thanks, well, Marshall. Uh, one, more, one, yep. one, more, one more thing. If I grow a long ponytail or a mullet, will you give me a shot at a podcast for Pulp anytime soon? 100%. That's all you got to do. Just grow that pony. Yep. All right. All right. right on. Thanks, Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Jonesy's on three. Jonesy, what's up? You want to talk to Eli Tomac? Yeah. How's it going, guys? Good. So, I, I've been on this kick, too, and so have you lately, Steve, about. Uh, Eli being on Mount Rushmore. He's like north of 40 from the class wins, and he's about to, or not about to, but has a very good shot, we'll say, at winning his third straight 450 motocross title. Yep. Uh, I don't know how many people have done that. Besides breaking a class of mine, fall straight in the premier class. I, I can't think of it. Uh, Gary Jones did it early in the seat, like early, early on. Um, it doesn't necessarily even count because it wasn't a premier class uh, back then, the 500s were. Uh, but really, just Ricky has done it in the modern era, let's call it. So that's pretty impressive. So all the people that say that uh, media is too hard on the up and down of Eli, I can't disagree more with him. Yeah, I mean, just but, uh, just like that guy on Monday night was so mad at, at us. But but I just, he is an all-timer. He's going to be an all-timer. And we have to hold him to those standards of Dunge, Villapoto, RC, you know, James, those I'm guys. On, on board with that. One last thing, you guys are, are ruining my life. I finished thirty third in fantasy last year overall, and uh-huh. I just got two straight weeks at two seventy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so your national number thirty three is, is in jeopardy. Is that what you're saying? 
Oh, oh no, I'm national number three thousand right now. So, so you guys are so, you guys are really making me feel good there. Hey, trust me. It, it trust me. No one gets destroyed in their feeling angry as much as JT here. That he is. I'm, I've been on the wrong side of everything every week. It's just like, oh great. <laughs> Tell my friends, make sure you pick these guys because they're going to do great. And then they yeah. do, and I just watch it happen. Yeah, JT's awesome. been there. Yeah. So thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. I almost it. didn't make it past Florida. Like, I was having a rough, rough week. And I've had a great week this week because things went well and not even great, just okay on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I, seriously, leaving like Florida, Saturday and Sunday and Monday. I was not a, a pleasant person, like not at all <laughs> right. in any aspect of my life. Right. So, yeah, Jonesy's losing his national number 33. Not happy hey, on the, on the topic of Tomac, yes. I really do think, though, that if he does not find a way to win a Supercross championship, it's going to weigh pretty heavily on his legacy. I really believe that. Uh, I don't think he'll be – I don't think you'll be able to put him in with Dungey and Villapoto and those guys well, are, are certainly well, not ahead of him without a, without a Supercross title. I agree. And this Brock Glover won six AMA championships, okay, which is an awesome. Great job for Brock. Mm-hmm. Never won a Supercross title, okay? Three 125s yeah. and three 500s. And you don't hear him talked about, and I think that's because he doesn't have a Supercross title. He's, he's, he's in the list. He's on the list. He's, he's, he's mentioned and all of this. But you don't have that Supercross title, and I think it hurts Brock a little bit. Yep. You know? So uh, yep. I, I would agree with you. I, I, but, dude, I think it's coming next year. I think he's got. I think next year he's the. Guy. <laughs> You've been saying that for this will be four years in a row. Yes, I think so. Um, Carlos, what's up, man? He's got like you? sixty Supercross wins and no title. Can you imagine? Like Damon, Damon's the highest guy with no title now, and he's only got like seventeen wins or sixteen wins. Yeah. Yep. And, and he's the highest right now. And we're blown away that he doesn't have a title. Right. Look at Eli's wins. And Eli has how many? Do you think? What, what's he at? Uh, I did high twenties. Yeah, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. No I'm wins. Guessing, yeah, but no something title. like that. Right. So there we go, Carlos. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, just got a question for you and JT, man. Um, I feel like you guys have a really good relationship or friendship on the on the shows. You know, you guys complement each other very well. Uh, but I was curious to know whether you guys have a really good relationship off the mic, you know, how you guys came about. Stay today. Yeah, it's day to day. <laughs> so you guys are pretty close? Um, yeah, 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 we are. Yeah. We just argue a lot. Right. Yeah, I, I first met yeah, JT. Yeah, of course. I first met JT 1999. I was working for Tim Ferry. He was riding for some Excel Yamaha team that folded up, and then um, I was in Florida with Red Dog, and and he had no house or anything. He had a pole barn and a cement pad and a supercross track, and that's when I first met JT. Uh, and so we go back, uh, yeah, nine, 20 years now. So Well, my first memory of Steve was we were leaving California to go back, and Nolene hired Steve, and I was like, who's your mechanic going to be? And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Some guy. I'm not. I'm not real sure. He's, but he's flying to California and then driving the box van straight over here. Yeah. But I, I don't really know. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Perfect. We'll, <laughs> we'll meet him together then. Yeah. Timmy. Timmy thought I was a uh, uh, Alan Terlecki. <laughs> he did. He, of course, which of course makes awesome. it. Yeah. That's no. So and, and also. Uh, and also, Carlos. We are. Um, we're in approximately uh, 800 group texts together on our phones. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, he's he's in every show you make, and uh, I mean, you guys. I mean, you know, JT's obviously you know more serious, professional. Yes. You're just a media guy, but you know, I feel like you guys complement each well, other really well. Thank I you. just didn't know if you guys also had that relationship off the mic as well. So yeah. Yeah. Fun, yeah. We absolutely do. So thanks. Thanks very much, Carlos. Thanks for calling. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And we also yell at each other a lot uh, mm-hmm. off off the air. So um, let's go to Justin. Justin, you want to talk about rider fatigue? Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted your guys' opinion, excuse me, because 
you guys have both been around it for, I mean, I was listening to your pulp show from this last Monday, you know, for a long time. And I'm not knocking any of you guys, but, yeah. and I don't want you to throw anybody under the bus or say, but just as a whole, in general, as society has kind of shifted into a little bit of a softer realm, I think, with the younger kids nowadays, does I, it seem like it's kind of affecting these guys, you know, hot days slash, you know, working yeah. You know, for, for, yeah. I mean, does it seem that way to you guys? I don't know. I'm I just know, wondering. I know what you mean, and I'm always, I'm guilty of probably being the old man yelling at a cloud or the old man walking uphill to school both ways. Like, I'm, I'm probably guilty of that, that sometimes. I try not to be. I try to tell myself, you know, like, don't be like that. It wasn't always better in the old days. The old guys weren't always tougher, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Um, yeah. So I try not to do that. But, but I think you have some points. I do. JT, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you one thing I think is that there's so much more media coverage now, thanks, thanks to in part to Steve, that the guys that are getting tired would have never gotten any exposure. Like, no one ever knew. No one knew who they were. No one knew that they got tired. No one heard about it. There was no race recap podcast or multitudes of them out there. So, so when I raced, I remember knowing who was going to get tired and who didn't. I knew who was in shape. As far as who was who I was racing against, I knew who on the the hot days were an easy mark. I knew they were done at 15 minutes. So the difference was that nobody else knew because no one was paying attention, and then there wasn't any janky podcast for us to be harping on about. So I don't know that it's necessarily any different. There were guys getting just as tired or more back then too. I mean, it yeah, was yeah. it was a lot of those guys would just fall apart at the end of motos, and I would be waiting on them at times because I knew they would fall apart. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know that that's much change with that. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with you, JT. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like it, you and know. JT, though, but like you were saying that you couldn't understand how some of these guys that were super fatigued, fatigued excuse me, were, were going out and doing motos throughout the week. I mean, it seemed yeah, like I couldn't believe it then either, though. I could not believe well, that they would, I mean, that would though, be their primary job for right. racing. Yeah, well, you guys seem to have it at least a little bit better of a handle on it back then, you know, and, and not having necessarily some, you know, somebody telling these guys, oh no, you got to do it, you know, where when they. I don't know. I think we just, I think we just pay attention more to it now. I really do. I there were so many guys that were out of shape back then, and they would haul ass for ten minutes, and I mean they would ride away from me to where I couldn't even see them anymore. Yeah, yeah. And by twenty minutes, I was all, I was passing them. But it, I just don't – I don't know that that's a completely different yeah, aspect and, of racing. And, I don't know. And, Justin, I was just thinking about it. Like, I remember Factory Phil looking very tired at some nationals uh, a few times. That Even that year he killed it. He crushed it in 96 on a great Western bike. Um, I remember thinking, wow, Phil is really tired right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a guy that uh, – just a name came to mind that I remember thinking, wow, look at Factory right now. He is struggling. So – yeah, Justin, I think, you know, I think JT's got a perfect point. There's just more focus on everybody now, right? Like, there's, like, you know, Jordan Bailey and these guys and, and, and Drake are in 18th place. Back in the day, you'd never see them on TV. You'd, you'd get a cycle news. Yeah, they wouldn't have a feature in the middle of the race on them, or you'd, there wouldn't be us talking about them bringing attention to it in the fantasy podcast. Yeah. You know? I just, uh, yeah. Nobody would even care. Yeah, exactly. No one would notice. No one would care. And now we're like... You know, we're breaking it down and going down to results and being like, well, this is what I saw from this guy and, you know, on all of that stuff. So, And there was no such thing as lap time charts, you know, that none of that stuff was even available. So you couldn't even really tell. Like, it was just, oh, yeah, he was in 10th and then sometimes, somehow he was in 20th. You know, right, like, right, yeah, no, yeah. No way to know why. Yep, yep. 
So it, one other thing, Matt, this that little bit that you and Michael Antonovich did uh, about the nineties. Yeah. Oh man, dude, I enjoyed that so much. That yeah. was I got a few uh, a few tweets about that too. People really enjoyed that. That was uh, it was Anton thing. He just wanted to he he'd followed the sport for so long, and then I'm old as shit. And, and then he was like, "I got some questions." So we're like, "All right, let's do this." It, it, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely suggest getting a couple more guys that were kind of fringe individuals like yourselves, and, yeah. and just doing something else like that. Because man, that and, and, and hey, one other thing, Matt is. Props on Pookie, man. That that woman loves you, dude. Just by listening to that, I kind of felt her, uh, you know, her feeling towards you, man. You got a good girl there. So well, thank awesome. you. I appreciate. It. I do. I, I do. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Take All care. Right, thanks. Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Get Pro Taper, hundred percent, and the folks at Maxis as well. Got a few more minutes to wrap up. Okay, JT. So I asked Parabinos this question, um, and of course his answer was very predictable. Um, I don't think yours are. So this was this was going to be a question for you. Is it about hurlings? No, no, but okay. yeah, I can't. He mentioned hurlings, though. Hurlings got brought up. So, all right, uh, you're you got a team uh, for 2020, and okay. and um, you're going to wear fly racing, of course, uh, head to toe. You have to sign one guy out of Lorenzo, Lemay, Short, Miller, and Weeks. Who are you picking? Indoors and out. Yeah. Um, who was this? Lorenzo. Lorenzo, LeMay, Short, Miller, LeMay. Weeks. I'm in. LeMay. I'm done. You're done? Okay, all right. Uh, who's next? Hmm. Lorenzo, I, it can't, Short. It can't be Weeks as much as I w- want it to be because he's a Florida guy. Yeah. But his Supercross is just too far off the map. Like, I can't do it. Okay. Uh, man, Loren- I guess Lorenzo, but John Short probably deserves to be mentioned. I think your ceiling is higher with Lorenzo, so maybe I go there. Yeah. Plus, you get a little international South American flair. Okay, I like, so, to, uh, so I like you, to expand in other markets. Sure, sure. Yeah, maybe have some piñatas and stuff in the pits. Yeah, yeah, just global yeah. expansion. Right. Yep. Um, like Supercross will be. Yes, Lorenzo is a better rider than Short, but he's ups and – Lorenzo looks like a, an EKG all over the place, and Short would mm-hmm. just be like yep. your flatlining, right? Yeah, that- but you know what? A lot of that, uh, when you hear people say, like, John Short is the man, they're usually comparing him to somebody who doesn't take it serious and always gets tired. That's not Lorenzo. He doesn't get tired. He tries his ass off, too. Right. So when I incorporate that into his ceiling being a little bit higher, then I'll go there. Right. And But overall, the major guy, indoors and out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the results would would bear that out pretty easily. I, I wrote this week that Lemay's massively underrated. That supercross field was stacked. He missed one main event. It was because he yard sailed. Yeah, Lemay's legit. Like, period. Yeah, no, he's he's legit. Right. Right. Like he's actually, you know, yeah. Someone needs to maybe take a look at that. I, it's, yeah, like full full field at a one. He's he's going to qualify. Right. Like that. He's he's legit. Absolutely. Um, all right, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, we won't see you this weekend at uh, at Redbud, but you will be watching. So we'll do. I will be. Yes, I will be up at uh, six a.m. Glued to the live timing, and then all the way through the day. Fantastic. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. I right, guess. Uh, Fly racing, Moto Sixty Show presented by Pro Taper, Maxis, hundred percent, and get, get, get. All right, that's the Wednesday show. Tits. Yo. Happy with the Wednesday show? Absolutely. All right, doing it for you, bro. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Red Bud this weekend. We're going to be back in two weeks on the Thursday before Millville to break that down. Thanks to the sponsors. Thanks for the phone calls. We out of here.